Hope and discouragement, that's what I want to talk about. So we're, we're breaking the rules. I normally don't just push pause on a serious button, but I really feel like God wants to do something in this message today because this, this time of year, the holidays can be full of joy, full of just awesome family time, but on the flip side, they can be full of discouragement. Some of you, it doesn't have anything to do with the holidays. It's just you're walking through this season in life where things aren't going well, and it might be family or it might be job, I don't, whatever it is we can find ourselves in a dark place emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And what I, what I think is happening, God's just prompting me to bring you a message today for those of you who are dealing with discouragement. Can I be honest with you? Can I be transparent and tell you that I go through discouraging times? I, I hope that doesn't discourage you. I hope you don't leave here going, well, my God, I didn't know he went through tough times too. Yeah, we all do. We all go through tough times, and there are seasons in life where we just get discouraged, and, and there are days when I don't feel like praying. There are days when I don't feel like cracking open the Word of God, but let me tell you something. If, if, you will, if you'll let it, if you'll lean in today, this message can be a turning point for you. Amen. I believe it. If you'll lean in today, if you'll just activate your heart to listen, to just kind of lean in, I promise you this message can be a message that changes your life. How many of you have seen the movie uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Right? It's about this time of year when Hallmark releases their 17,000 Christmas movies. Right? Some of you have already been binge watching. You're like, I got my soup, I got my, snu- my Snuggie on, and I'm just curled up watching those, watching Hallmark movies. Well, It's a Wonderful Life. It's one of those that's a staple, right? In the beginning of this movie, the head angel says, he, he calls for Clarence, the second class angel. And he says, hey, there's a man down on earth who needs our help. And Clarence says, is he sick? And the head angel says, no, it's worse. He's discouraged. Mm. Some of you who've been there before, you can testify that being sick in your soul, being discouraged is sometimes worse than being sick in your body. Right? But here's, here, here's what the, the, the way the Bible says it. Uh, Proverbs says it this way. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. When, when you can't feel the hope, when you can't see the hope, when you can't reach for the hope, when you feel like there's no way out, it makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So what I want to do today is talk with you for a few minutes about what do you do when, when you're discouraged? What, what do you do when you find yourself let down. When you find yourself in that dark place, I'll say it this way. What do you do when on the outside you're smiling with a ho, 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 but on the inside you're, you're dealing with a whoa, whoa, whoa? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Those times when, when you feel like giving up and some of you, you're faking it today. Can I just, can I call you out? You're just kind of faking it. You just got the smile on. How you doing today? Oh, glory to God. I'm blessed and highly favored. The Lord's light shineth upon thee. Right? And you talk in King James because that makes you sound holy. <laughs> but we know, we know. So, some of you, you're dealing with discouragement. You're dealing with a, a sick heart. And some of you, you're just fine, man. Life is going great for you right now. And you're thinking, I'll just check out on this message. I don't really need to hear this today. But I promise you, file it away because there's a day coming <laughs> when you're going to need it, right? I think we're all in one of three places. We're all um, either uh, coming out of a discouraging time, 
uh, we're either in the middle of a discouraging time or you're figuring to go into a discouraging time. They just want it. It's, it's coming. So if that's not you right now, just hang on a little bit. It's coming. And you, I, know you, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you're supposed to be positive. I'm positive you're going to have <laughs> discouraging times. It, it's, it's coming. So, so we're going to find ourselves there. And I don't need to convince you of that. We're going we're gonna to be there. So the question is, what do I do when? What do I do when I find myself there? What do I do when, when everything around me is shifting and the ways are cr- crashing in on me? What do I do when, when everything's falling apart around me? You have two choices. You can either shift with it and you can be tossed back and forth by the waves like a rag doll. Or you can choose to anchor yourself to something that will not fail. Can I get a witness today? You, you can shift with it or you can anchor yourself. And the reason why a lot of us get discouraged is because we just shift with everything around us. And we're tossed this way and that. The Bible says it this way, though, in Hebrews, that we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. We have this hope. What hope? The hope in Christ. We have the hope in Jesus as an anchor for ourselves. So what do I do, Ben? What do I do when things aren't going well? You hope. What do I do when things are falling apart? You hope. Listen, an anchor is something that sets you in place. We have this hope as an anchor. An anchor holds you down. It keep, But let me, let me say it this way. An anchor is only as good as what it's attached to. Right? An anchor is only as good as what it's attached to. So if you're hoping in the things of this life, if you're hoping in wealth, if you're hoping in friendships, if you're hoping in positions and titles and jobs and money, those things are going to fail you. There's only one secure anchor that outlasts everything else, and that is Jesus Christ. So we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. So what is hope? Hope is a confident expectation based on something that I can put my money on. I can, I can take it to the bank, right? I can place my bets if I were a betting man, right? We, we could do that. We, we, we could have confident expectations based on something solid. But for most people, hope is, not, hope is something they do. Well, I hope I pass the test. I, I hope I can make it to work on time. I hope things pan out with the job. I hope my team wins. I hope my boss can give me a promotion. I hope, right? But I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about uh, uh, ambitions or dreams or goals or any of that stuff. What I'm talking about for believers, hope is something we have. It's not what we do. It's what we have. It's on the inside of us. Romans 15 says it this way. May may God, the source of hope, notice that, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you read it that way, you get something out of it. But when I read it backwards, I think I get more out of it. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. You're, you're going to be, you're, you're going to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, well, when? When you put your faith in him. 
Well, I put my faith in him. Uh, What happens when I put my faith in him? He fills you with joy and peace because you've put your faith in him. Well, Well, where does the joy and peace come from? It comes from the source of hope. That is God. He is the source of hope, and we, when we will just put our trust and put our hope in him, not the things of this world, not things that are shifting, but put our hope in him, I'm telling you, we're going to overflow with hope ourselves. Amen? So today, I want to give you five things that I think you can put your hope in. Five things that you could, you could count on. You can take it to the bank. You can hang your hat on these five things. The first one is this, God's presence. You can hang your hat on this. You can find hope here in God's presence. I love our time of worship today. As we talked about, I will walk in your goodness. I'll dwell in your presence. And here's the, here's the reality. I've come to this conclusion in life that the presence of God is better than any answer that he could give me. I'll say it this way. I'd rather, have, I'd rather know that he's with me and I'd rather have his presence in my life than to have all the answers to the, to the things that I need in my life. I'd rather have him. And you may feel alone today. You may feel alone in what you're going through. You, you may feel like you can't, I can't see God. I don't know that he's there. Where are you? But I love what David said in, in Psalm 62. He said, my soul just finds rest in God. God is where my hope comes from. It's his presence. His presence is where I'm recharged and where I'm energized. His presence is where I find hope. And then Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 40. He said, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You need some strength in your body today. You need some strength in your mind and your will, your emotions. Put your hope in him. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like what? Um, like, like buzzards? Like a, like, a, like, a, like a crow or a sparrow? No. no. Like an eagle. And I think Isaiah is giving us a very intentional illustration here. He's showing us uh, uh, something about the eagle. Now, the, the eagle's not like any other bird, right? There are some birds that can fly, and there are some birds that are just good chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just good, good eating. They can't fly, but, man, they, they, they're good, right? Turkey, come on. We're we about to have some turkeys. Those are good birds, but they can't soar. See, most birds can fly, but not all birds can soar. There's, there's, only, there's only a few. An, an eagle can soar. And an and eagle doesn't have to flap its wings one time to be able to soar. Here's the difference. Most birds have to flap their wings just to take flight. And this is what a lot of us look like right now, trying to stay above water, trying, trying to just keep our head above. We're just flapping our wings. Where are you, God? What's going on? But that's not the way an eagle works. An eagle perches itself high in the nest, high in the tree, on the mountainside, And an eagle waits for a thermal current to come its way. And all it has to do is spread out its wings. And when the thermal current is just right, all it has to do is let go. Let go. And some of us today, all all you really need to do is just let go. All, All you really need to do is put your hope in him and just let go. Get in his 
get in God's presence. And, and I want you to hear me, that's available for you today. That's available for you. Put, put some earbuds in. Put some music on your phone or on your TV. Get, get some worship music going. Go for a walk around your neighborhood, a jog, and just get in his presence. Get in your prayer closet. Kneel down at your sofa and just begin to get in God's presence. I promise you, within just a few minutes, you'll start to feel the atmosphere shift and change. And all of that heaviness that you've been carrying starts to lift. We've got to get in his presence. We find hope in God's presence presence. In fact, you may, you may be in his presence and you, you still have no answers, but that's okay because he's with you, because he's there. Number two, the second thing that I, that I believe we can find God's presence in is his promise. We can find, we can find hope in his promise, in his promise. Um, if you don't have the energy to talk to God, just let him talk to you. Did you know prayer is a two-way street? Most of us do all the talking when we pray, right? And and then it's just like a one-way phone call. All right, cool. I got to go, God. Thanks. We hang up. If we don't feel the energy, if we don't have the strength to cry out to God, to talk to God, let him talk to us. How does he talk to us? Through his word. So you just got to open up the word of God and let him speak to you there. There's some promises hidden inside the word of God that are for you. Uh, Psalm says it this way. Psalm 119 says, my soul faints with longing for your salvation. But I, uh, I here's how I read that. I'm, I'm thinking, he said, I'm, I'm waiting for your salvation, God. I don't know when it's coming. So I'm just going to put my hope in your word. I, I'm, I'm waiting for you to rescue me, Lord. I'm waiting on you I don't know when that day comes, but I'm putting my hope in your word today. Uh, recently, we did a, a session in our freedom groups. Where's all my freedom people at? Y'all give me a, a woo, yeah, yeah. The rest of y'all are like, what's freedom? What's freedom? Well, freedom is a 13-week small group that we do, and I would love for every single one of you to go through it at some point. Um, right now we're finishing up a, a semester and we'll start another one in February. And it's a, it's a small group that takes you on a spiritual journey to settle your yesterdays and get some freedom in your life. Okay. And we all need freedom, don't we? So that, that's what it's about. But this, this past week we covered this topic of the living word of God. We talked about the living word and, and we, we discovered some, some ways to activate his word and his promises, and I just want to share those with you today. I think they'll benefit you. If you need God's promises, if you need to hear his voice, if you need hope, you can find it in the word, but you've got to activate the word. Here's how you do it. You've just got to make his word a priority. Hey, we make time for things that are important to us. If, if you want to hear his promises, if you want to hear what God's saying to you, you've got to make some time. And just like our physical bodies need food, our spiritual bodies need some food. Our spiritual bodies need nourishment. And we get that nourishment right here from the word of God. You've got to make that a priority. The second thing that, that you can do to activate is to believe what you read. I know it's a big book. But everything in here is true. 
Everything in here is powerful, and you just have to activate your faith and believe what God is saying to you. That's where faith comes in because the Bible says we can't even please God if we don't have faith. The third way we can activate his word and the promises there is to meditate on the scripture. And I'm not talking about, um, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about meditate just means to think on it. Think about it. Think about what God is speaking to you. Let it replay in your mind over and over again. The word meditate here is a semblance of a cow chewing the cud, right? I hear a cow has like a bunch of stomachs and it chews and then it kind of regurgitates it. You know, it makes its way on, you know, how that works. But listen. I'm telling you something. That's that's how we that's how we meditate on the word. We we um, there's there's a word used in in therapy called ruminating, and that's what that's what cows do when they chew the cud. They they keep on chewing on it, and that's what some of you are doing right now. And why you're discouraged is because you keep dwelling on it. You keep thinking about it. Well, what if you quit ruminating on the problem and you started ruminating on the word? And you started thinking about what, what is the word saying to me? What's he speaking to me? What is the promises of God? What's he trying to tell me right here? So you, you speak his word out loud. That's how you can meditate on it. You just begin to proclaim those promises that says, if God is for me, who could be against me? Greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He will keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him. Come on, somebody. That's what you do. That's how you meditate on the word. You just begin to quote it and, and live it and breathe it and you write it on an index card and put it on the visor in your car and you write it on your mirrors in the bathroom and you, you just do weird things to just get the word inside of you, right? People beside you at the red light are like, are they talking to themselves or what? No, I'm just quoting scripture. I, I'm just meditating on the word, all right? So, so that's how we do it. Um, the, the, next, the next thing I want to mention is... Uh, this one's probably the most unexpected, but uh, probably also the one you're going to like the least, and that is God's process. It's still part of his, it's still a way that we can find hope. It's a source of hope for us. It's his process. Now, um, if, if you can realize that your pain actually has a purpose, then you can endure the pain better. I'm not saying that God sends the pain. I'm not saying that he is the one who makes you go through the pain, but when you go through pain, if you can find the purpose of that, you'll be able to endure it better. I'll say it a different way. You can endure your pain if you know it's going to help you grow. If you know that it's going to help you in some way. If, if you know the purpose of the pain is to make you better, you can press through it. But listen to me, if you don't get better, you're going to get bitter. You could tweet that one if you're looking for something. <laughs> if you don't get better, you're going to get bitter. You're going to get sour in your soul. And listen to me. I'll say it this way. If you think that that shot from the doctor is going to boost your immune system and you won't catch the virus, you'll be willing to put up with a little bit of pain in your arm because you know the shot has a purpose. Right? It's why people go to the gym. Come on. 
People go to the gym and they put themselves through pain because they have a certain image they want to achieve, right? Now, I don't know if you probably can't tell that I go to the gym, right? I try not to go to the gym because I just, I just don't want to make the, the girls, you know, lust and stuff like that. I just, I just want to, ble- I want to be a blessing to people. So I just try not to go. I'm just, just try to stay away. I'm kidding, kidding about all that. I, I'm, but listen, they put their, people who go to the gym, they put their body through this pain because they, they have something they want to achieve. They have something, a goal that they want to achieve. Have you ever thought about why there's mirrors in the gym? So when you feel like giving up, you're, you're over there trying to push it up and, and you feel like giving up and everybody's saying just one more and you look over in the mirror and you can see that bicep bulging, right? And you just press on through because you know your pain has a purpose. Listen to me. I'm telling you, if we can realize that, that, that God has a purpose for what we're going through. He didn't make it happen, but he's gonna, he can use it in a great way. This is true for us today. He's more interested in developing you than making you happy. He's more interested in, in your character than your comfort. Do you know how you become a person of character? It's, it's through a lot of painful trials. It's through a lot of ups and downs, good decisions and bad decisions. It's through a lot of development. Romans says it this way, that we rejoice in the hope. Man, that's the easy part. Man, we rejoice in the hope that we have in the glory of God. Man, yes, God's good. We rejoice, but... We also rejoice in the sufferings. I didn't know that was part of the deal. Jesus, I mean, you were supposed to make everything better for us. I didn't know there was going to be suffering in this life. We also rejoice there. Why? Because the suffering produces something. The suffering has a purpose. The suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character. And what does character produce? Hope. I, I, I need this hope. This hope is an anchor for my soul. I need it in my life. I need this hope. So what do you do when everything's falling apart? What do you do when things are shifting, when it's dark and when it's lonely, when you're discouraged? You anchor yourself to hope. You anchor yourself there. You get in God's presence. You get up, down on your knees. You turn the music up and you just, you just kind of press in to Jesus. Like, God, I need you, and I don't know where you are, and I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but I need you in this, in this moment right now. You let his word begin to just speak to you, and you, you take those promises, and you, you, you just listen to his word. You listen to the promises. You begin to believe that for your very own life, and then you submit to the process because you know that he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's going to use it one way or another. The, the fourth thing that I think we can find God's hope in, we can find hope here, is his purpose for our lives. I love this one. I love the fact that God has a purpose for every one of us here. He has a destiny for us. And, and the best gift that I can give you is to not solve all your problems the best gift that I can give you is to help you find your purpose. I could meet with all of you individually. We could go to coffee shops and, and we could talk about things and we could, we could lay things out. And if you do this and if you'll do that, it'll solve these problems. But listen to me, if you make your life about solving problems, 
you'll never be successful. But if, if you decide you're going to find your purpose, then all of those problems that you still deal with, they're just going to start to seem smaller and smaller. Because now you have something to live for. Now you have a purpose. Now you have a plan. Now you know what you are created to do on this earth. And there, on the days where I find myself discouraged, I have to do every one of these. Days where I find myself discouraged, sometimes I'll go downtown Wichita Falls and I will walk block after block after block after block and I'll begin to pray and just remind myself and let the Holy Spirit remind me. Why did you, why did you, remind me Lord, why did you call me here? And he, he chose us to be the pastors here. He set us, and he said, you're the ones I've chosen. And all right, Lord, I'm, I'm in it. Thanks for, thanks for the reminder. Thanks for reminding me that you've called me and you've destined me. But listen to me. You have a purpose, too. I'm not the only one in the room with a purpose. And my purpose is no better than your purpose. We all have a purpose and a destiny. And God wants you to live that out. He wants you to live the purpose that he has for you. That's why Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to lead you astray. I have plans for good and not for disaster. Plans for a hope and a future. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. It's, it's why we do the growth track here. It's why we... We help people discover their purpose. And you hear me talk about it all the time. And, and maybe you get tired of hearing me talk about growth track. But listen, it's, it's the way that you can discover the unique gifts, the unique abilities, how God created you, and what he wants in your life. It's a, it's a four-week series. Today's step four. It's not the best one to start on. I wouldn't recommend you starting today. I'd, I'd say come back next Sunday ready to, to, to go all in. Next week, we'll talk about uh, the, the church and the vision and what God has for us here at City Hope. There's an opportunity for church membership. Some of you asked me about that. That's where we do it. Step two, the second Sunday, is always about your gifts. It's always about you. It's helping you d discover the unique way that you were created and the plan and the purpose, the place that God has for you in this world. And here's what I promise you. When you will live your purpose for this life, you'll have something worth living for. We get discouraged because we don't, what, what am I here for? Why, what do you want me to do, God? But when you know your purpose, when you can remind yourself of that purpose, you have something to live for. So we get in God's presence. It's a must. We need his presence. If you're discouraged today, get in his presence. You get, it, get in his promises. Find what he's speaking in his word. You just submit yourself to the process and say, God, I don't know what you're trying to teach me, but I sure would love it if you'd hurry up and show me. <laughs> right? I, show me what you want to teach me through this and that God has a purpose for every one of you. But the fifth one is, is probably the one that will shock you, and that is God's place. God's place. Um. Some of us have a twisted theology that expects God to work everything out for us on this side of heaven. We believe that he owes it to us. That in order for me to have a good life here, God, you owe it to me to take care of all my problems. But he doesn't owe it to you. 
He never promised that you wouldn't have troubles in this life. In fact, in John, Jesus says, I'm just, I just want to remind you, you're going to have troubles. <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm just here to tell you today, you're, you're going to be discouraged. There's going to be times when, when man, it's raining in your life. But don't worry about it. I've, 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 the end is already settled. Don't, don't worry about it. Take heart because I've overcome the world. And, and the problem is that we want God to make things better for us right now. Like, like we want him to fix it now, but sometimes he, he chooses not to. Sometimes we deal with things in this life that they're painful, right? Sometimes he doesn't work it out. Here, he works it out on the other side. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I did not want Jesus to come back. You know, we, we believe in the Christian world that Jesus, at the end of the world, he's coming back for his church. I didn't want him to come back in a hurry. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, God, give, give us a little bit of time. Right? Like, partly because I was afraid I would go to hell. Right? And then partly because I, I want to live a little bit, Jesus. Like, I want to do some things in life. And if you come back, I, I, I mean, I won't get married, and we can't do the hokey pokey. And, and uh, <laughs> I want to have some kids, Lord. Like, I want to fulfill some dreams in this life. And don't, just can you, can you wait a little bit? Don't come back so soon. Because growing up, I thought he was coming. He's coming in a twinkling of an eye. Like, G people get ready. Jesus is coming, right? It was like, you never know. It was one of those. That's how I grew up. And so if you could just wait a little bit, Jesus. But listen, I've come to realize the older I get, how much better it is on the other side come to realize that the older I get, how much, how much better it is in heaven than it is here on earth. The, the Bible talks about people who, who realize that this earth is not their home. And it says in Hebrews chapter 11 that, that people who realize this earth isn't their home, they make it plain that they're looking for their true home. If they were homesick for their old country, well, they could have gone back there anytime they wanted. But they weren't after the old country. They were after something far better than that, the heaven country. And, and you can see why, I love this, you can see why God is so proud of them. And he has a city waiting for them. Heaven, heaven has some of the worst theology. Um, but we, I think most of us think that heaven is going to be this, this place where we all dress in white and we all put on some weight and get a little plump and round and, and have rosy cheeks. Maybe we talk with a British accent. I don't. We're, we're sitting on clouds, strumming harps, right? Singing in the choir, but that's hell, y'all. I'm, I'm just saying that. That's an, I don't think that's heaven. In, in fact, the Bible says that, that heaven's actually a perfected earth. In the very end, heaven comes down to earth in perfection. And in the perfected heaven, in, in heaven, can I just tell you there's no more elections? Come on, somebody. 
There's no more impeachment hearings. I, I, I can't wait for that day in heaven when there's no more crying and there's no more disease and there's no more cancer. Are you with me today? There's no more, there's no more bills. There's no more funerals. The Krispy Kreme light is always on. There's unlimited chips and salsa and queso in heaven. Nick Saban retires from college football and Tennessee wins a national championship. That's heaven. <laughs> Looking for that day. Waiting for that day. I'm just trying to help you see heaven's better. That's all. Heaven is better. It's better. And that's why we do what we do here at City Hope. Because heaven is real. And heaven is better. It's why we give in the legacy offering coming up in two weeks. Why we accelerate the vision of this community to make a difference. It's why we do that. It's why we do everything we do is to help people know God, find freedom, discover his purpose, go out and to make a difference in this community, in the world, to be world changers. It's why we do. It's because heaven matters. Heaven matters. Heaven is better. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Hey, would you bow your heads with me today? And let me, uh, let me just ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering to your heart today? As you think about that, as you ponder that question, I'm just going to pray for you today. God, we, we just acknowledge that we need your presence more than anything. God, we, we, we acknowledge that we need you in our lives. And we can find hope in your presence. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to breathe fresh on our lives today. Let your promise come alive in us as we read your word, as we get into your word. We may not feel like we can even speak to you, but Lord, would your word just begin to speak to us and lift us up. Lord, we thank you for your process. That you, you, We don't want the pain that we're going through to be wasted, Lord. Use what we're going through to mold us, to shape us, to empower us, to equip us, to draw us closer to you, Father. We thank you for the purpose that you have for us, that your plan is greater than anything that we face in this earth. And that your place, the heaven country, is waiting for us, God. Don't let us, don't let us fall in love with earth. God, we don't want to put our hope in the things of this world, but we want to trust in that eternal home that you have for us, a place that you've prepared for us. If you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm, this was for me. This message was for me. I needed, I needed it. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up right where you are. Nobody's looking around. Hands are up everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to come back to you in just a moment you can put your hands down thank you for being honest we're coming back to you in just a moment but there are some of you here today that you say Ben I I'm so far from God like I I I want what you're talking about but you let me just be clear that you can't even have these five things You, you, you can't Experience these five things that I'm talking about without the source of hope himself. You need Jesus. That's the thing that's missing in, in your life. And, and I'm, you don't have to join this church. You don't have to 
You don't have to go to growth track. You don't even have to serve here to become a Christian. That's not part of it. You just need to know the man that gave his life for you. And if you're here today not in a right relationship with God, you're ready to come home. I want to lead you in a prayer, a simple prayer. I'm not going to single you out. We won't call you to the front. But you've got to make a decision today. It's a decision. That's why we ask you to raise your hand in just a moment is so that you can make that decision and acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord. So if you're here today far from God and you want to come back, you, you, you want to invite the Savior of the world, the source of hope, into your life to lead you and guide you. If that's you, just, just lift up your hand between me and you. If you're here today, say, Ben, that's me. I need the source of hope. Thank you. I'll see you in the back. God bless you. Who else? I need, I need the source of hope, Ben. Thank you. See you up here. God bless you. I'm so proud of you. Who else? That's me, Ben. Count me in. Thank you. See you right there. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Today's a monumental day. It's a life-changing day. Hey, let's say this prayer together. Say it with me. Jesus, I surrender. My life is not my own. I need you, the source of hope, my Savior, my Lord, my God. I need you today. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? Wash me new. Give me a fresh start. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today for people giving their lives to Christ, saying, count me in that prayer. I need the source of hope.